section fifty three part two chapter six continued of the four horsemen of the apocalypse by vicente blasco ibanez translated by charlotte brewster jordan this librivox recording is in the public domain the line of infantry was lying close to the ground the men had huddled themselves together near the loopholes through which they aimed their guns trying to make themselves less visible many had placed their knapsacks over their heads or at their backs to defend themselves from the flying bits of shell if they moved at all it was only to worm their way further into the earth trying to hollow it out with their stomachs many of them had changed position with mysterious rapidity now lying stretched on their backs as though asleep one had his uniform torn open across the abdomen showing between the rents of the cloth slabs of flesh blue and red that protruded and swelled up with a bubbling expansion another had his legs shot away and was looking around with surprised eyes and a black mouth rounded into an effort to howl but from which no sound ever came desnoyers had lost all notion of time he could not tell whether he had been rooted to that spot for many hours or for a single moment the only thing that caused him anxiety was the persistent trembling of his legs which were refusing to sustain him something fell behind him it was raining ruin turning his head he saw his castle completely transformed half of the tower had just been carried off the pieces of slate were scattered everywhere in tiny chips the walls were crumbling loose window frames were balancing on edge like fragments of stage scenery and the old wood of the tower hood was beginning to burn like a torch the spectacle of this instantaneous change in his property impressed him more than the ravages of death making him realize the cyclopean power of the blind avenging forces raging around him the vital force that had been concentrated in his eyes now spread to his feet and he started to run without knowing whither feeling the same necessity to hide himself as had those men enchained by discipline who were trying to flatten themselves into the earth in imitation of the reptile's pliant invisibility his instinct was pushing him toward the lodge but half way up the avenue he was stopped by another lot of astounding transformations an unseen hand had just snatched away half of the cottage roof the entire side wall doubled over forming a cascade of bricks and dust the interior rooms were now exposed to view like a theatrical setting the kitchen where he had eaten the upper floor with the room in which he descried his still unmade bed the poor women he turned around running now toward the castle trying to make the sub-cellar in which he had been fastened for the night and when he finally found himself under those dusty cobwebs he felt as though he were in the most luxurious salon and he devoutly blessed the good workmanship of the castle builders the subterranean silence began gradually to bring back his sense of hearing the cannonading of the germans and the bursting of the french shells sounded from his retreat like a distant tempest there came into his mind the eulogies which he had been accustomed to lavish upon the cannon of seventy five 
without knowing anything about it except by hearsay now he had witnessed its effects it shoots too well he muttered in a short time it would finish destroying his castle he was finding such perfection excessive but he soon repented of these selfish lamentations an idea tenacious as remorse had fastened itself in his brain it now seemed to him that all he was passing through was an expiation for the great mistake of his youth he had evaded the service of his country and now he was enveloped in all the horrors of war with the humiliation of a passive and defenceless being without any of the soldier's satisfaction of being able to return the blows he was going to die he was sure of that but a shameful death unknown and inglorious the ruins of his mansion were going to become his sepulchre and the certainty of dying there in the darkness like a rat that sees the openings of his hole being closed up made this refuge intolerable above him the tornado was still raging a peal like thunder boomed above his head and then came the crash of a landslide another projectile must have fallen upon the building he heard shrieks of agony yells and precipitous steps on the floor above him perhaps the shell in its blind fury had blown to pieces many of the dying in the salons fearing to remain buried in his retreat he bounded up the cellar stairs two steps at a time as he scudded across the first floor he saw the sky through the shattered roofs along the edges were hanging sections of wood fragments of swinging tile and furniture stopped halfway in its flight across the hall he had to clamber over much rubbish he stumbled over broken and twisted iron parts of beds rained from the upper rooms into the mountain of debris in which he saw convulsed limbs and heard anguished voices that he could not understand he leaped as he ran feeling the same longing for light and free air as those who rush from the hold to the deck of a shipwreck while sheltered in the darkness more time had elapsed than he had supposed the sun was now very high he saw in the garden more corpses in tragic and grotesque postures the wounded were doubled over with pain or lying on the ground or propping themselves against the trees in painful silence some had opened their knapsacks and drawn out their sanitary kits and were trying to care for their cuts the infantry was now firing incessantly the number of riflemen had increased new bands of soldiers were entering the park some with a sergeant at their head others followed by an officer carrying a revolver at his breast as though guiding his men with it this must be the infantry expelled from their position near the river which had come to reinforce the second line of defence the mitrailleuses were adding their tac-tac to the cracks of the fusiliers the hum of the invisible swarms was buzzing incessantly thousands of sticky horseflies were droning around desnoyers without his even seeing them the bark of the trees was being stripped by unseen hands the leaves were falling in torrents the boughs were shaken by opposing forces the stones on the ground were being crushed by a mysterious foot all inanimate objects seemed to have acquired a fantastic life 
the zinc spoons of the soldiers the metallic parts of their outfit the pails of the artillery were all clanking as though in an imperceptible hailstorm he saw a cannon lying on its side with the wheels broken and turned over among many men who appeared asleep he saw soldiers who stretched themselves out without a contraction without a sound as though overcome by sudden drowsiness others were howling and dragging themselves forward in a sitting position the old man felt an extreme sensation of heat the pungent perfume of explosive drugs brought the tears to his eyes and clawed at his throat at the same time he was chilly and felt his forehead freezing in a glacial sweat he had to leave the bridge several soldiers were passing bearing the wounded to the edifice in spite of the fact that it was falling in ruins suddenly he was sprinkled from head to foot as if the earth had opened to make way for a water spout a shell had fallen into the moat throwing up an enormous column of water making the carp sleeping in the mud fly into fragments breaking a part of the edges and grinding to powder the white balustrades with their great urns of flowers he started to run on with his blindness of terror when he suddenly saw before him the same little round crystal examining him coolly it was the junker the officer of the monocle with the end of his revolver the german pointed to two pails a short distance away ordering desnoyers to fill them from the lagoon and give the water to the men overcome by the sun although the imperious tone admitted of no reply don marcelo tried nevertheless to resist he received a blow from the revolver on his chest at the same time that the lieutenant slapped him in the face the old man doubled over longing to weep longing to perish but no tears came nor did life escape from his body under this affront as he wished with the two buckets in his hands he found himself dipping up water from the canal carrying it the length of the file giving it to men who each in his turn dropped his gun to gulp the liquid with the avidity of panting beasts he was no longer afraid of the shrill shrieks of invisible bodies his one great longing was to die he was strongly convinced that he was going to die his sufferings were too great there was no longer any place in the world for him he had to pass by breaches opened in the wall by the bursting shells there was no natural object to arrest the eye looking through these gaps hedges and groves had been swept away or blotted out by the fire of the artillery he descried at the foot of the highway near his castle several of the attacking columns which had crossed the marne the advancing forces were coming doggedly on apparently unmoved by the steady deadly fire of the germans soon they were rushing forward with leaps and bounds by companies shielding themselves behind bits of upland in bends of the road in order to send forth their blasts of death the old man was now fired with a desperate resolution since he had to die let a french ball kill him and he advanced very erect with his two pails among those men shooting lying down then with a sudden fear he stood still hanging his head a second thought had told him that the bullet which he might receive would be one danger less for the enemy it would be better for them to kill the germans and he began to cherish the hope 
that he might get possession of some weapon from those dying around him and fall upon that junker who had struck him he was filling his pails for the third time and murderously contemplating the lieutenant's back when something occurred so absurd and unnatural that it reminded him of the fantastic flash of the cinematograph the officer's head suddenly disappeared two jets of blood spurted from his severed neck and his body collapsed like an empty sack at the same time a cyclone was sweeping the length of the wall tearing up groves overturning cannon and carrying away people in a whirlwind as though they were dry leaves he inferred that death was now blowing from another direction until then it had come from the front of the riverside battling with the enemy's line ensconced behind the walls now with the swiftness of an atmospheric change it was blustering from the depths of the park a skilful maneuver of the aggressors the use of a distant road a chance bend in the german line had enabled the french to collect their cannon in a new position attacking the occupants of the castle with a flank movement it was a lucky thing for don marcelo that he had lingered a few moments on the bank of the fosse sheltered by the bulk of the edifice the fire of the hidden battery passed the length of the avenue carrying off the living destroying for a second time the dead killing horses breaking the wheels of vehicles and making the gun carriages fly through the air with the flames of a volcano in whose red and bluish depths black bodies were leaping he saw hundreds of fallen men he saw disemboweled horses trampling on their entrails the death harvest was not being reaped in sheaves the entire field was being mowed down with a single flash of the sickle and as though the batteries opposite divined the catastrophe they redoubled their fire sending down a torrent of shells they fell on all sides beyond the castle at the end of the park craters were opening in the woods vomiting forth the entire trunks of trees the projectiles were hurling from their pits the bodies interred the night before those still alive were firing through the gaps in the walls then they sprang up with the greatest haste some grasped their bayonets pale with clamped lips and a mad glare in their eyes others turned their backs running toward the exit from the park regardless of the shouts of their officers and the revolver shots sent after the fugitives all this occurred with dizzying rapidity like a nightmare on the other side of the wall came a murmur swelling in volume like that of the sea desnoyers heard shouts and it seemed to him that some hoarse discordant voices were singing the marseillaise the machine-guns were working with the swift steadiness of sewing-machines the attack was going to be opposed with furious resistance the germans crazed with fury shot and shot in one of the breaches appeared a red kepis followed by legs of the same color trying to clamber over the ruins but this vision was instantly blotted out by the sprinkling from the machine-guns making the invaders fall in great heaps on the other side of the wall don marcelo never knew exactly how the change took place suddenly he saw the red trousers within the park 
with irresistible bounds they were springing over the wall slipping through the yawning gaps and darting out from the depths of the woods by invisible paths they were little soldiers husky panting perspiring with torn cloaks and mingled with them in the disorder of the charge african marksmen with devilish eyes and foaming mouths zouaves in wide breeches and chasseurs in blue uniforms end of section fifty three